welcome back to How to Self-Therapize. This is episode 16 where we will be talking about how to live well in a social media age. So we live in a world obviously very driven by technology and social media and there are a lot of very wonderful things about social media but there are also a lot of very terrible things that come with it. I think everything should be taken in moderation and too much of something is bad. So it's all about finding a good balance and this will look differently for everyone. So as always, take only what you find helpful from today's podcast that applies for your life um, and you can certainly leave the rest. I'm curious on how we can start to think about how people can ensure that they're actually connecting with others when using this technology that makes connection so accessible and not driving ourselves to feel more isolated and lonely because that's a very big byproduct of overuse is feeling isolated, which is really curious for something that's meant to connect us, right? So mm-hmm. it's kind of what is what is the importance of being intentional and not just browsing aimlessly um, within social media. So what's that, yeah, importance of intentionality? Yeah, you said it, and it is about intentionality. So am I intending, right, to develop these relationships, or am I lonely, and I just want to have, you know, click, 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 so it sort of fills the gap, right? It takes me away from that emotional loneliness I'm feeling, Mm -hmm. and so I'm just seeking sort of to fill the emotional gap versus really looking to participate in a relationship in a meaningful way. So like I mentioned, there are obviously good and bad sides to everything, and moderation is the best way to balance these um, extremes. So I'll talk about some of the positives first, as outlined by an article in Health Guide, Mental Health and Wellness. More than anything, technology and social media platforms allow us to be in constant communication with everyone across the world, essentially, who has access to it. Which, at face value, being social creatures seems super ideal because we can stay connected and we can feel kind of constant social support and and that can support our overall well-being. Social media is a great way to also stay up to date with family and friends who you can't see in person. Um, It allows us to make new friends and join communities of like-minded people that you might not be um, surrounded by immediately in your geographic location. Um, It allows us to network for business and professional development, which is huge. It gives us a platform to promote and raise awareness towards important issues in in a very accessible way, which is the goal of our podcast. Uh, What else? Access to information is a really big one. Um, You know, very early on in human history, the only way to access new information was by talking and sharing ideas. And now you can find anything you really want by just a quick Google search. So that's a huge bonus. There's definitely not a shortage of positives to um, social media and and technology. But related to mental health, I'm curious, what would you say are some of the biggest proponents of the way you use social media and technology in your practice or what you found as in psychological practice that makes it so useful? Well, I think there's many ways that make it useful and it's dependent on the people Mm -hmm. because for some folks, they actually reach out and connect to people they haven't talked to in years and there is a real intentionality that there might be family members, a good friend, someone that they've thought about but really just lost that connection. So sometimes there is this idea of people can actually 
uh, reestablish relationships, which I really mm-hmm. like. And you hear all sorts of really interesting stories about people connecting with someone that they went to school with and they, you know, lost touch with and they're happy. And it's like now they're going for a coffee or they're talking about their families or whatever is happening. So I think there's some really beneficial pieces around technology and relationships and reconnecting. Then I also think technology, like talking to people about podcasts and audiobooks and new information and there's all sorts of groups that people are joining based on living better eating better you know supporting each other as new moms living with um, ASD or any sort of neurodivergent mm-hmm. um, disorder I mean people are able to connect to communities and I think that's great when done with that intentionality of it takes them out of isolation takes them into connection takes them into new information you know really makes a difference Absolutely. in their life mm-hmm. and you can just see it in them when that intentionality is to improve something right is to enter into a community and they come back with stories and they come back with things they've learned and then I think also some of it is sometimes helping people Mm -hmm. teaching people you know around strategies to better manage technology usage and you know using Netflix as something to allow yourself to relax a bit is different than sort of the Netflix marathon that keeps happening Mm -hmm. yes night after night after night and then it's the only thing that people know to use to decompress so sometimes there's some teaching moments where it is about let's take a look at a habit Mm -hmm. how can we change a habit yeah and I think it's really interesting to see the innovation behind technology too I guess speaking specifically to to this clinic um, a way that technology really sets I guess us apart would be um, the option of tele of telehealth so being able to receive psychological support through the comfort of your own home through a screen and being able to have a video conference and still receive emotional support so i think technology serves really well in that way um i think that speaking about mindfulness on the last podcast um there's a lot of apps out there that can really promote good mental health practices like meditation and being mindful and be guided through those using these apps and there's there's a lot there's like headspace there's calm there's um, different apps for scheduling to create different habits for sleep schedule tracking like there's definitely a lot of innovation happening when it comes to mental health maintenance and improving habits um, and then yeah of course I mentioned access to information is really great um, when people are experiencing some sort of mental distress that they want to seek to understand better um, there's of course our podcast, <laughs> mm-hmm. but there's our also podcast. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> there's also primary research that um, people can easily access. Anyone, you don't need to have a PhD to to access these um, evidence based articles and and gain gain the answers that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is true. That's a really good point. That access allows everyone to have an education, mm-hmm. like. If there is something you want to figure out and you can find an article, it's going to enable you to feel more empowered in your life. And that's where technology does come in in a good way. And even if people do, sometimes people will find the articles and talk about them, Mm -hmm. which I think is perfect because some people are really good at that piece of research and other people then get the benefit of the research and they didn't have to go do that research. Being very mindful on what information you get, but some of it can be very positive for people 
people that they now understood like podcasts and research on podcasts, things they would have never had access to before. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I'd argue probably my whole bachelor's degree I could have learned on Google. Could have probably Googled everything <laughs> instead of buying $400, 12 $400 textbooks. But yeah, it's just such a great thing for access to information. Yeah. Well, and I think just to put a plug in for textbooks, I mean, there is a lot uh, to be said for open education, which is to allow there to be openness to, res to find the information and not have to pay for it mm -hmm. as much. And I think that is kind of the balance out there that you get a lot of academics or institutions that are trying to find a way to better provide mm -hmm. and yes some of those textbooks are written off of many years of research yes. and writing right yeah, yeah absolutely okay and now just switching gears here to the negative side of social media and technology so the negative links between social media and mental health is a very heavily researched um, topic area but since technology is relatively new and evolves so quickly, like Apple even comes out with a new phone every year, mm -hmm. it's hard for researchers to understand the long-term consequences of use um, and media use more specifically. But what we do know is that there's a significant correlation between high social media use and increased risk for depression, anxiety, loneliness, self-harm, and suicidal thoughts, just to name a few. So I wondered if we could kind of dive into this interesting, it's kind of like a paradox of how it's possible that something could have so much positive potential, but also has the capacity to do such, you know, psychological damage, especially when it's not intended to do that. Um, I think I, I assume it just must have something to do with how impressionable and highly exposed young people specifically are to this social media age. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think this is where it gets a little bit complicated because young brains are entering into social media at a very young age. And mm -hmm. like all young brains are very formative, and that means they're susceptible. Mm -hmm. So too much time, too much intensity, too many um, can definitely create a habit in the brain or habit around the brain and the brain processes of wanting more of that. And then it also can saturate a young person's life with things that may not always be age appropriate mm -hmm. or too intense and too much for them. Um, and sometimes they are accessing things that really could cause harm mm -hmm. with the wrong people, wrong experiences in social media. So I think as a social community, it's really important that we all support each other to find good practices. I think families are trying to support their own, right, to be able to develop from the young to the old better practices or just good practices and consistency is a big one. And then sometimes it is about education and other other resources that come in and say okay let's take a look at how we're using social media what we're accessing who's accessing mm -hmm. children right um and then there can be urgency based on significant safety and we mm -hmm. see that in the media at times various articles talking about how there is an exploitation of young children online mm -hmm. and what to pay attention to and that information is really important yeah it will be interesting to see what the research says coming out of this generation seeing what the effects are of these like babies who can just use an iPhone better than I feel like my parents can <laughs> you know so it's just like they're so exposed yes. and I imagine a lot there's a lot of like fine motor skills that are being developed really early on that maybe we didn't have which is I guess in part positive they're going to be 
very you know savvy with with fine motor skills but then i wonder what the effect is on their social development and kind of taking away from the want to play outside but instead you know scrolling or watching you know baby youtube videos etc and then of course as we kind of go along the timeline of of development we look at kind of the teen years and how this social media age might encourage people to compare themselves to others more than it is healthy so when we're looking at negative aspects of of mental health that social media promotes um, it's kind of this idea of constant comparing and an inadequacy about your own life and your own appearance because it's really easy to compare ourselves to others and ask ourselves why don't i look like this why don't i have that why is my life not more like this the list goes on and on Um, so this comes with a lot of importance because you really need to be aware that typically people aren't sharing the hard points of their life. Like usually they're sharing what they want people to think of them and and the most perfect aspects of their lives. So in knowing this, it might maybe help to lessen our, our tendency to compare ourselves because it's just not realistic and representative of real life. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's some of it. I mean, you've said a lot of things in kind of leading into that too much social media sets us up to be social creatures based on the social media source, right? Mm -hmm. Whether how we act, how we dress, things we like to Mm -hmm. eat, things we don't, where we should go, what's appropriate to say, what's not. And it's, there's just a lot of merging of a lot of different narratives on social media. And hopefully, you know, when you are accessing whatever you are of interest, mm-hmm. you are thinking about where is this information coming yeah. from? And how does it influence me as I walk in the world on a day-to-day basis in my own self and relationships with others? Mm-hmm. It's interesting the power it has to set a societal standard. And like we've talked about before, the idea of normal. What is normal? right it's essentially what social media tells us it is so it's just really curious to to think how much power this engine has how can young people kind of start to lessen their capacity like of course we talked about this awareness but also to realize that they shouldn't be comparing themselves um, not only young people, I myself included, everyone comparing themselves to unrealistic beauty standards that we're constantly seeing. And then what's that impact really on self-esteem and self-worth? Mm-hmm. Well, there is a lot of research on this. And the more exposure or the earlier on, what they're finding is the higher rates of body dysmorphia, mm-hmm. you know, where young people are not finding themselves at peace in their body and accepting, you know, who they are and looking for health and strength and, you know, just really being in their body and being well. You're also looking at higher rates of eating disorders mm-hmm. at younger ages. So that's coming in. And that can be related to this idea of a ideal body image that really is constructed mm-hmm. off of whatever social media source is there and with airbrushing and hours of this and hours of that which mm-hmm. is really isn't which really isn't natural to who we really are mm-hmm. and you get and the younger the the younger um the children are the more they'll internalize that they know no other reality mm-hmm. so that becomes their lived experience right. reality and they seek it and they seek to want to be like that mm-hmm. Something I will say that I've seen a bit of a shift in from maybe like 
um, for example, like Victoria's Secret marketing that are like ads and, and kind of big business marketing versus kind of an Instagram perfect picture family or body or what might whatever it would be. And there's been a shift a bit, I would say, into TikTok age. And I think there's a lot more representation of of realistic not only beauty standards but life standards I think people are more real Mm -hmm. and show more of the struggles that they may face which I think could hopefully start to have a better impact on what young people are exposed to um just because yeah people are just being a lot more real about what life really looks like I'd say Mm -hmm. which is good to see yes and I do agree with you there's a lot more presentation of the real story Mm -hmm. and hopefully that's the story that people go to or mm-hmm. more people go to that and see there's a continuum right yeah so maybe there's this idealized but there's also the real right, right. here's a family that looks like mine or you know that is like me in my day-to-day life and things I struggle with around body or eating or exercise or whatever yeah. it is which in my opinion is much better to look at like you want to relate to to people you mm-hmm. don't want to compare right in my opinion Um, Another kind of more socially driven negative of social media and technology is this idea of fear of missing out, which is coined FOMO. Because social media is a huge driver um, that allows us to see exactly what people are doing, when they're doing it, who they're doing it with, um, when we aren't around. And I think this can trigger a lot of self-esteem and anxiety and just fueling this compulsion to constantly be seeing what others are doing when and then automatically you're thinking you're excluded and you're not a part of this and you wish you were because you're constantly seeking to see what others are doing instead of maybe worrying about your own responsibilities tasks and plans right mm-hmm. yeah i've heard of fomo it's a big one <laughs> yeah i know it comes into a session like. a lot and that is yeah the more you know and the more you know that others are doing things and you're not there there is a like a loss and you know some internalization yeah. of some feelings is you know is it about me and that can create a bit of social anxiety mm-hmm. like is there something wrong with me why mm-hmm. didn't i get asked i'm not as important yeah. you know i don't have as many experiences going on um so what would be a way to work with that i'd say it's better not to know in my opinion <laughs> i'd say probably just don't look into it as much yeah that can be one of the solutions or active kind of task that you do mm-hmm. is don't look right mm-hmm. so find some other things to do let's say you do know yeah then what hmm. well it depends it's very situational right like it depends on who if it's like family members who went out to dinner without you you'd be like why this is strange what happened there maybe it's it's part of the answer is to have a conversation about it I think a lot of the time people can mind read and assume that there's something wrong with them and that's why they didn't get invited but if it's more of a hey I'll probably just mention it to someone and maybe ask the question there'll be probably a very rational explanation as to why Mm -hmm. um, you were not there and that can alleviate a lot of the the anxiety and the rumination in your head. Mm -hmm. Yes, and that's actually lots of good points in there because one is if there are people you care about, then you want to reach out Mm -hmm. and have a conversation and not as accusing, like in some kind of accusatory manner, more about, you know, hey, I noticed that everybody went out Friday night for wings and I was, you know, hoping that 
I would like to have been a part of that or I was hoping that I would have gotten invited Mm -hmm. and I was feeling a bit left out Mm -hmm. and then they might say oh we thought because you had three exams this week that you really wouldn't want to come and sorry we didn't invite you just because we didn't want to put pressure on you because sometimes that's the other Mm -hmm. side of it and then you think about it and it's like you're right I probably wouldn't have come because I had those three exams but then you have that information from the source and it was an open conversation and yeah. That can certainly help. And I think when true intentionality on the other side is not to cause harm, it's just more process of this is what's happening, then you do get, right, that chance to have a conversation. If it's intentionality that is to cause harm, there may be no conversation. Mm-hmm. So on the other side, you would want to ask yourself, is this a friendship or a person in my life that I want to be connected to mm-hmm. because that it does bring up this whole idea around you know what relationships are healthy or not and maybe you're attached or still continuing to be attached to a relationship right. that's not healthy mm-hmm. so I think it puts you into a process of some self-reflection and then connection right? right how do you connect out and I'd also say I feel like 90% of the time people are probably not intending to hurt you, but it's really easy to fall into that cycle of thinking Mm -hmm. um, that's very self-rooted. But usually people are most of the time thinking about themselves. Yeah, that can be a truth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The final point of a negative that's kind of fueled by social media is this idea of isolation. So this is a really, really big topic of research, especially out of the University of Pennsylvania, where they show that higher use of Facebook, Snapchat, and Instagram is inversely related to feelings of loneliness, meaning that the higher your use of these platforms, the lonelier they found participants to be. Mm-hmm. Um, this study also found that a reduction in social media usage could also make you feel less lonely and isolated, so in turn improving your well-being. And this is actual like primary research. So what is this research really emphasizing about the importance of balance and finding a middle ground of usage that either has no effect of isolation or a positive effect if possible. Mm-hmm. And I think that's um, like a process that has to be ongoing in reflection, right? Mm-hmm. So am I finding myself online so much that I'm no longer connecting with the people that I really enjoy, care about? Or, right, am I able to use social media to allow myself to connect to some people mm-hmm. and I find a balance that actually instead of coming home and being all alone and there wasn't another option I'm able to join into a group of people talking about something that matters in my life their life and it's done in a positive way and then looking at your mental health around that because if every day I come home and I have to be on that social media is that starting to show a flag that, okay, maybe it's too much and you need to develop some other capacity to mm-hmm. be doing other things? Um, and, you know, the the flip side of that is if you never use social media, I mean, that's a personal choice. It's not all bad. Yeah. But if you don't know how to use anything and you might need to, right, to connect to people, that might be also a indicator that there's some things you might want to try and see if you want to bring them into your life a little bit. But again, that's a very personal choice. Yeah, and I think it's just a huge emphasis on self-awareness and self-reflection. So I I would say like journaling is a great way to, to really start to feel and reflect on is this something that serves me positively or is this something that's taking away from my, my capacity?
capacity to experience other good things in life. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and just being mindful about the way you do everything. Mindfulness is such a huge piece of mental well-being. Being mindful about the way that um, you're using your social media, about the way that you're constantly holding your phone, maybe it's time to put it down, you know, about if you're going for a walk, do I really need to bring my phone? It's kind of just an awareness, a self-awareness. Yeah, and actually very well said. It's that intentionality. Mm -hmm. Why am I pulling my phone out? Is there a reason that I want to connect, follow up with, Mm -hmm. understand? And is that coming at the expense of other things that might be important for me to be doing? So intentionality keeps coming into our conversations. It takes a lot of work to live a life and to be well. And that idea of intentionality, to have it present, right, with yourself as you go forward into life, whether connecting to social media or paying attention to how you sleep and, you know, winter blues or relationships, boundaries, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And I think you're bringing it in again in a really good way. That intentionality around social media is really important because your brain can become very attached. It's like a dopamine stim Mm -hmm. for a lot of that intense, quick, exciting. And the brain doesn't want to let it go. Yeah, the immediate gratification Mm -hmm. piece. Absolutely. Yeah, a lot of food for thought, certainly. But yeah, the overarching theme is being very intentional and tuning into your body and reflecting on what are the effects on your mental health is are they positive or are they negative are you properly balanced within it right yeah mm-hmm. perfect and i'm glad that we have this topic and we were able to talk about it because it's so relevant to our lives mm-hmm. that we're in every day yeah, yeah. absolutely Alrighty, that's everything for today's episode thank you dr miller and thank you all so much for listening and be brave be strong and take care of yourselves